every day on the big show. What? Gordon and Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a little segment we like to call What's Going On? What's Going On in the World of Sports? And of course, what's going on across the Zone Sports Network? We play some highlights from the other shows, interesting things that uh, are happening. And we're going to get to Steve Cleveland coming up here momentarily, but talk about the second two episodes of The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary on ESPN. And we Got more jazz in the, I guess, what is the fourth episode, Gordon, the last like half hour of the fourth episode. We actually started to get kind of a taste of what the jazz role in all of this is going to be. Yes, we did. And uh, I thought that uh, they should have played that up even more. Not because I live here in Salt Lake City, but just because I thought that would add drama to what was going to happen at the end of the season. But it's still really interesting stuff. I mean... When I watch something, if I start checking my watch or if I'm bored, then I I know what I'm watching hasn't captivated me. But I wasn't bored at all. I I, I mean, some of it, it is herky-jerky from the way it jumps around. But uh, I, I've been enjoying it, Jake. I don't, it's, it's as good as advertised as far as I'm concerned. Well, Steve Cleveland was on with DJ and PK this morning, as he is every Monday morning, and uh, he took a walk down memory lane with a Michael Jordan memory of his own. There was an experience, I think it was about 86. The idea was people kept coming in at night and watching the pickup games, and, and, and my two partners in this thing were two guys who had just finished out of college, had no money, and they go, hey, man, we can't be letting these people come in for free. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> and he goes, we go over there and start charging five bucks a head. And really, literally at night, there'd be about two or 300 people just walking off the streets, and like I said, you got Timmy Hardaway, Mitch Richman, Chris Mullen, Michael Jordan, Ron Higgins, you know, just playing pickup games. And so we decided, okay, let's let's do a game. So on the, on the last day of camp on that Friday, we decided let's do a camp. And Michael said, hey, I'm, I'm cool with it, you know. We had no idea how many people would come. This place started picking up. It, you know, it's 103, 104, and it stays in the high 90s and low 100s up until maybe 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night sometimes. The place ended up being packed. We, we've, in fact, we didn't have any real security, but we better, so we, we better get some security. And we had one, a, a cop that we knew. We came over there just to kind of make sure things were okay. But this place is packed and we've got you know we were, we knew we were going to have a turnout we didn't know it was going to be standing room only and so we had those pros and we had college guys a lot of the Fresno State players who've been to the Sweet 16 guys that have left the game got started and uh, it, it was electric I mean it was so hot in there we had to we brought fans in there it didn't matter everybody was ringing wet and I my, I can still visualize Michael like dropping dimes just shooting the ball from all over it's a high school course there's no NBA 3 and, and him back literally backpedaling 
yelling and high-fiving kids and parents, grabbing things of water. We had all sorts of water on the table, grabbing water, just throwing his face, getting back on defense. And I thought to myself, this is this is the game at the purest level here. You know, here we have a guy who has already dropped 65 on the Celtics, and he, people know he's going to be the best player in the world. And he here he is in this game just having the time of his life, teasing the kids, talking to the players, talking smack on the floor to the college kids. It was incredible. And with about a minute to go, Michael calls a timeout, which I thought was kind of surprising. He says, uh, Coach, I need your keys. <laughs> I said, you need my keys? Boy, he says, I need, I need the car. I said, Timmy and I got to get out of here. We got a lot of clothes. Can we just go by your house? drop our clothes off and then we'll come we'll circle back you know we'll get something to eat and, and circle back and meet you in about an hour after the game I said alright so I took the keys out of my pocket gave him my car you know and uh, he took off and when the game was over there was a lot of disappointed people because I think they thought he was just going to stand around there and do autographs for an hour he got out of there and uh, we ended up having an experience that I will never ever forget I mean I can just still remember visualize the backpedaling and the high fives and throwing cups of water in his face and, and not like you think about when you think about Michael Jordan today but it was it was pretty special those are cool stories uh it's a lot of fun to hear Steve talk about that if memory serves I think Steve may have taken a a bit of Jordan's money on the golf course too how about that uh, but how about Dawson and I were just laughing about this. How about that poor one police officer that was responsible <laughs> for that whole thing? You know, Steve's like, well, we had a cop. And it's like, well, one. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea, though, of having some of the best players in the world just balling out. Why? Because they're having fun playing the game. I mean, that is cool. Yeah, it is cool. So, good story, and uh, make sure and catch Steve every Monday morning with DJ and PK at 9. What would the poor police officer have done had the crowds decided, that's it, we're rushing them for autographs? Uh, nothing he would have... What's what's uh, what's he going to do there? Quietly well, left? Well, I, I think that Jordan Barney probably... Barney Fife, everybody back here! Nah, he probably could have provided his own security. I mean, who's going to go after those well-conditioned athletes like <laughs> This they, was 86. Be... Yeah, this was he pre... He didn't have security. Like, pre-circus, yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying they themselves, uh, uh, you'd be, have to be pretty stupid to step in on Michael Jordan back then even, you know? I mean... I don't mean to fight him. I mean, 12, 15 people circle around him for an autograph. The rest of the people in it Rush the court, yeah. I don't, well, I don't, I mean, I don't mean he, they're challenging him on the school ground. No, but he was smart because he, he hijacked uh, Steve's car. <laughs> Got out of there early. Was that uh, before or after taking money from him on the golf course, Gordon? And and you allude to a story there. Oh, Steve just told me that uh, he has uh, taken, lifted, uh, he has separated Michael from from some of his dollars in his wallet on the golf course. So I, in fact, when I first met Steve Cleveland, I said, Steve, I want 20 things that nobody knows about you to introduce you to this uh, to, to 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 the market here and that was one of the things he told me and i thought that was really cool so when did steve show up at byu when was that exactly do you remember 90 what would it have been 90 94 95 hmm. when did when was roger Mid-90s. reed's downfall with the the what was it 9 million mormons thing yeah 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 that would have been mid 90s maybe 
Uh, anyway, uh, Steve told me some of those stories, and I thought, that is really interesting stuff. Thank you very much. And so I put that in there. And then for me, it was kind of fun to report that BYU's new basketball coach was involved in gambling on the golf course and was taking Michael Jordan's money from him. 97, by the way, was that year. And why would that give you pleasure? Because it's funny. It's fun. What if he How had to have like a, you know? a meeting or something? How many people do you know? That- what if you cost him the job? <laughs> oh, he already had the job. What if they were like, well, we don't want a gambler as our head coach and fired him? You would have felt terrible. No, I would have ripped BYU for being way too uh, weird. That wouldn't have gotten his job back. Uh, <laughs> well, I was fairly certain it wasn't going to cost him his job. He just got hired. What if you're going to say, oh, wait, 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 wait. You won 100 bucks from Michael Jordan? You're out of here. Come on. Even BYU wouldn't do that. What if you got hands kicked out of school with that cheap beer crack? Uh... <laughs> Well, that that reference from was was from way before he got to BYU. Mm. That was when he was a kid growing up in Weezer. What you if know, they put him on, uh, on double secret probation because of that, and they just you know had him, no, had him on, the, that, on the radar? That, when Hans said that he was raised on women with big hair and dark makeup and cheap whatever. That 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 was when he that was long before he ever showed up in Provo. Mm-hmm. So is it retroactive? I don't think it is because he hadn't signed he hadn't signed the, uh, the honor code agreement. What yet. if they just let him to open up uh, an investigation? An investigation of what sort? Because I was talking about something that had happened five six years before he ever ha- came to BYU. I don't know how they choose to open investigations down there. Well, they can't do that. They can't. They can't go back and say, "Oh, you did this back in, whatever." No, it has to happen while you're a student at BYU. Well, they could say, "Well, that happened back where, whenever." That's why now you're under surveillance. Do they really put people under surveillance? There? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I doubt it. Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't. Th- I thought it was relatively harmless. I don't know, and, but this drone Han, has been following me for about a week. I, I said that Hans was, had, had, had quoted him as saying that he grew up on this, and he claims that he said around. Now, I know the difference between on and around, but he has uh, whitewashed it's that, a, who do you, who do you that, believe, that history Jake? a little bit. He, it's a conflict to this day. Who do you believe? Uh, let's see. It's a dangerous question. It is a dangerous question. Uh, I'm Team Gordon, by the way. I, I I could see Hans taking it too far. Then after it was printed, thinking to himself, "Well, uh, it, I didn't say that." Ding 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 ding. I don't know, but but uh, who knows? You know. You tell me, Gordon. How'd it go? Well, that's I, I wrote it <laughs> the way I heard it. Uh, I I don't you know. Where are the would... tapes? Long gone. Where are the tapes, Nixon? Long, long gone. Mm, hey, a shame. Let's talk in incomplete sentences, shall we? All right, let's uh, let's move on and what's going on. Also on DJ and PK, Riley Jensen, of course, good friend of the station, um, was a, and former Aggie quarterback himself. Talks about Jordan Love and his fit with the Packers. 
combination of all the above. I don't think it's any secret, and I don't think anybody, I don't even think if Jordan Love was sitting here right now, he would tell you that last year was a great reflection on his ability to play quarterback. Now, two years ago, unstoppable, unbelievable. There's a lot of different reasons that we can debate that. There's a lot of different reasons. Possibly his play went down last year compared to two years ago. But I'll say this. There were some things that concerned me last year, and I really felt like he pressed all last year. I felt like he he was a a typical person that he had the mindset that he wanted to play in the NFL and there was a lot of throws that I felt like he was just pressing to be a little bit better than he was the year before and it really kind of snowballed him in in an interesting way. Now, does that mean he's not a good quarterback? It doesn't to me and that's where I think the pick with the Green Bay Packers becomes really, really an interesting pick for me because he gets a chance to learn from a future Hall of Famer. He gets the chance to kind of ease his way into the NFL, learn the game a little bit more, settle himself down and realize that that he belongs in the NFL so that when he does start, he won't be forcing and he won't be doing some of those mistakes that he made last year. Now, it's going to be interesting because, you know, Aaron Rodgers also slipped in the first round. One of his biggest complaints was that Brett Favre didn't do anything to guide him, to help him, to help develop him or any of those things. And I just get the impression and this, this is just me from the house in, I don't get the feeling that it's going to be all, you know, hugs and high fives with Aaron Rodgers. I just don't get the impression that he's the type of personality that's going to be super welcoming to a first-round draft pick that could perhaps be taking his job as well. I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a great quarterback. I, but his personality sometimes is a little bit pouty. Sometimes it's a little bit passive-aggressive in the in the media. So I, that's where I'm a little bit interested. That's, that's where I think maybe this could be problematic. Now, I don't know that Jordan Love can't handle that either, right? So it's not that you can't handle that situation, but the ideal situation would be somebody like Peyton Manning, who is kind of a coach in the room too and realizes that there's guys behind him, but has enough confidence in himself to say, there's no way this sorry dude can replace me. I'm going to help him get as good as he can, and then (laughs) later in life we'll be friends and laugh about it. It's going to be an interesting dynamic. I've been in rooms where quarterbacks hate each other. I've been in rooms where quarterbacks are super symbiotic and, and very nice to each other, but also really competed. And I think the ideal situation is where everybody can get along, but make no mistake about it, I'm trying to take your job. First of all, uh, I really like Riley Jensen. He is uh, really smart, and I think he's right on the money with those comments, Jake. So many quarterbacks react the way he was describing there, where they are not helpful. They, They you know, as much as I would like them to be able to sort of mentor a youngster along, that is not their attitude. And they're they're jerks about it. I mean, I've been talking uh, to a number of people about this particular dynamic, and they they echo what Riley is saying here, that that could be uncomfortable. It could be uncomfortable in a major way. And it'll be up to Jordan Love to handle that and to not press. I mean, he, if he was pressing last year because he was trying to prove his worthiness for the NFL, well, what's he going to do when he's in camp trying to prove to everybody that he was worth a first-round draft pick? Is he going to do the same thing and press and try to do things that are a little beyond what he should be trying to do? And then uh, that exacerbates the situation because then you got Aaron Rodgers over there going, kid can't play. Come on, give me a break. You know? 
I think it's good for Jordan Love um, from what the perspective Riley said. He's going to get a couple of years to to learn and grow and, and improve his skills. And I do think ultimately that will benefit him. I I think the motivation of the franchise is the most intriguing part of this story because I think this is Green Bay wrestling power back from Aaron Rodgers, who's had all the power in that franchise for a little while now. Uh, you know, he got that big-time contract. He got the coach he wanted. You know, he got the other guy canned. And I think maybe the Packers are thinking, you know what? We're going to get him to fall in line. And if he doesn't, then we've got plan B. And if Rodgers, if this motivates him to go win a couple of Super Bowls to say, hey, you guys made, you know, this is still my job and you can trade Jordan Love wherever because I'm still performing at a high level or – um, you know, maybe he doesn't and doesn't react that way and they can move on from him either way. I think it's the, the franchise taking power back from Aaron Rodgers. Well, if that's the case, Jake, it's not going to make Jordan Love's path any easier. Well, it's not going to be easy no matter what. Yeah, yeah, it's not. He's going to have to play this right. He's going to have to come in, humble, learn from Aaron Rodgers what he can, essentially say to him, hey, man, I'm just here because they wanted me here. And I'm not trying to do do any damage to you. And I don't know whether he'll actually say those words or what he'll have to, or whether that will make Aaron Rodgers respect him any more or any less. I, I, I don't know. But he is going to have to find find comfort in an uncomfortable place there. I think that's going to be something of an issue. I can't believe how many stories I've been hearing from various people who are telling me how poorly uh, an up-and-comer was treated by, by somebody who, uh, who was already in a position of, uh, of, of power, if that's what you want to call it. Oh, yeah. Well, it happens all the time. Yeah. You know, the, there is like a case study with this thing with um, you know, Tom Brady and Jimmy G. Yeah. I mean, they drafted Jimmy G in the second round, right? I mean, that was going to be the, the heir apparent or whatever. And Brady used it as motivation to say, hey, you're not you're not replacing me. I'm going to go out there and win more Super Bowls. And then who eventually won that power struggle? Tom Brady. So, I mean, I think the Packers would take that, right? If it motivates Aaron Rodgers to prove them wrong and go out and win a couple, a couple of Super Bowls, then, well, that's terrific news, right? Actually, that worked out pretty well for both of them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so I we'll mean, see... Yeah, we'll see. You know, there are stories about the way Joe Montana treated Steve Young. It wasn't exactly chummy. No, Steve's trying so, to take I mean, his this job. Goes on. This goes on all the time. So it'll, Jordan will have to show some mental toughness. And, you know, like I said uh, the other day, I'm going to make the joke again. The only thing we know about that locker room is that Jordan Love's going to be cleaning it next year. That might be a little bit of a stretch, but we get what you're saying. Rodgers is going to put him through the ringer. Yeah, well, he's not going to make him pick up a mop, I don't think. Do you think he'll have, like, uh, customized coveralls for him day one that says Jordan on the on the breast pocket? <laughs> certainly. Maybe certainly. a ring of keys. And uh, what uh, what are they, uh, those lifting belts so that he doesn't hurt his back That's when he's... Right. When he's <laughs> the back stabilizer belt. When he's know. carrying all of the team's gear. Yeah. Well, it's... The NFL can be a cutthroat business no matter where you are. But for a young guy to come in and to face an established uh, all-pro type quarterback and to have that all that all-pro quarterback looking at him like, "Hey, you know, they could have drafted me a first-round wide receiver that would have made my job a whole lot easier and instead I got you." That that's tough. That's tough for Jordan Love to have to handle. He better 
he better be ready for that. I'm sure his agent is preparing him to uh, to expect uh, some some rough ride in there, but uh, he's got to be able to handle it. And if he does, then it'll pay off in the long run. Mannix joins us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Adam Keefe will be on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned for that. But let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic is Andrew Reinhardt with us on the big show. Andrew, still out there helping our listeners, and uh, I'm sure there's still a lot of listeners out there that need that assistance. I mean, it, ED does not go away during a pandemic. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and maybe even gets worse during a pandemic. But ED can wreak havoc on a relationship at any point. What I've seen over the years is that when a guy gets erectile dysfunction, he typically does nothing about it. Um, obviously, it's a little bit embarrassing. It kind of affects a man's sense of self-worth, which I certainly can understand. Uh, but when you do nothing, the problem gets worse. You take more and more of the medication. Sometimes you have to go to injections or consider surgery. And I have never seen ED cure itself on its own. Uh, that's where we step in. We use a technology called wave therapy that eliminates the need to take the pill by regrowing blood vessels. Um, it's used on other parts of the body, interesting enough. You know, bottom of the foot, uh, lithotripsy, which breaks up kidney stones. Similar technology because it increases blood flow. So it makes a lot of sense that it can be used for erectile dysfunction. We can restore normal function in the bedroom like it used to be in your younger years without the use of pills. Wow, that's it, it would uh, I would expect it would be a big draw for these guys to get back to normal, back to how it used to be. That's got to be awesome. Yeah, they all say I just want the spontaneity back. I don't want to have those side effects the next mo- the next morning from the pill. And for some the pill doesn't work in the first place, but for those that it does, they get the side effects. I think this is the only thing that addresses the root cause problem. Um, we've got all of the clinical studies at our website, wasatchmedicalclinic.com, that really shows how good and solid the science is. And uh, you, the great thing about Wasatch Medical Clinic, you'll uh, uh, see our listeners, the doctor will see, and, and find out if this treatment truly will work. Yeah, um, so you do need to be screened by a doctor. Uh, we have a very high percentage of success, but we still want to have you screened to make sure it's a blood flow issue exam, assessment, blood flow, ultrasound, uh, or even right now with everything going on, we're giving everybody that comes in a special gift, produces instant results in the bedroom. That's all free to those that call us now and just set up the assessment. All right. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Get in there and find out if this will work for you. Andrew, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. That's Andrew Reinhardt. That number again, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us a part of your day. We want to say thanks to our friends at Syringa. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. We've got Chris Maddox coming up top of the 4 o'clock hour. Adam Keefe. 
will join the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour as well. Jake, do you know what's coming in at 20 to 1 odds right now? Let's see. 20 to 1 odds. Uh, The chances you'll cover an Olympics at some point in your career. Mm, Good one. Again, I should say. Uh, Let's see. The chances of uh, Gordon Monson being the uh, Biden's vice president nominee. (laughs) No. 20 to 1 that Zach Moss will be the NFL Rookie of the Year. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Wow. 20 to 1. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I, I'm not uh, entirely familiar with the Bills' running back situation. Is he going to get the time? I I don't know. What's their old uh, line like? Their old line's pretty good, isn't okay. it? Isn't I it? guess Josh Allen lived. Yeah, he survived. I think that's one of the strong points of their team. However, I, I would be lying if I told you I've been glued to Buffalo Bills football lately. Joey uh, Joey B is the favorite at five to two, and uh, Tua is uh, eight to one. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, nine to one. I'm just going down the list here, skipping some names. Jerry Judy, twelve to one. Justin Herbert, uh, twelve to one. But uh, J.K. Dobbins, sixteen to one. Henry Ruggs, the third, at eighteen to one. And Zach Moss, there at twenty to one. Okay. Zach Moss is slated to be the backup. Okay. Behind Devin Singletary and ahead of T.J. Yeldon. All right. So now, Jordan Love at thirty-three to one. Now all Moss has to do is uh, poison. Who is the number one guy? Uh, Devin Singletary. And poison that guy, and you're uh, starting running back. It's a little bit aggressive, isn't it? What? He didn't say kill. Yeah, I just said poison. So you could be some bad tea, you know what, right? You know what, you know, this is the thing that's worrisome about Jake a little bit. Boy, that story about that Northern Colorado uh, or North Colorado. What's the name of the school? Uh, who stabbed uh, the other guy so that he could uh, take his place on the field? That that real that story has really carried a lot of interest in Jake's mind. Well, that, that story makes... is just incredible. <laughs> I mean, Northern Colorado. What uh, what league are they in? Are they in the Big Sky? I think so. Anyway, the the backup punter and like the starting punting job was so important to that <laughs> dude <laughs> that he took matters into his own hands, so to speak. It's just. It's just a crazy story, that's all. And did he do the dirty deed himself? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, see, that's that's really, really Well, uh, and see, then you combine that with the theory that uh, Michael Jordan didn't have the flu in the, what, 90, uh, 97 finals, 96 finals, 96, 97 mm-hmm. season, that he didn't really have the flu, that uh, some uh, pizza delivery dude decided to poison him. <laughs> I find that I find that theory hilarious. And that was somebody close to Michael Jordan who said that. It was like his trainer or something. His agent. Was it his agent? Didn't somebody so. suggest that perhaps he went out on a bender the night before and that's why he was That's sick? the popular rumor. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like the the poison pizza better myself. Yeah, I thought it was David Falk that said that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. picturing some pizza guy in Salt Lake who's a dedicated jazz <laughs> fan like, I got him. I got it, guys. This is how I help the jazz win. Next stop, Titletown. <laughs> But how does he know the pizza was going to Jordan? You don't think you don't think Michael Jordan just called the pizza spot and was like, "Hey, this is Mike, Mike Jordan." <laughs> he has people that do that, doesn't he? I don't know. Maybe maybe the pizza guy's a good detective. I doubt that. Maybe that, he that went sounds... by the name Jordan Michael. Wasn't there some sort of scandal where uh, the Z Morning Zoo or something like that called Jordan's room during the finals? Really? Wasn't that a thing? I don't know. 
Like some radio show found out where they were staying and called them in the morning? You don't remember this, Gordon? Maybe I'm just inventing it. I have heard that. I've heard a story similar to that. I've heard of other radio hosts doing such things as a prank. But uh, I I didn't know specifically that somebody did that to MJ. Well, if it came down to helping the the mud hens of of, uh, Delaware win, do you think you would poison somebody? (laughs) First of all, it's not the mud hens. It's the fighting blue hens. Secondly, no. No? Well, what about, oh. the, what about your beloved Lobos? <laughs> well, that's a prereq to be a Lobos fan. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> One, I don't really like the Lobos. Go Two. Lobos! <laughs> Two, no! Come on! We were talking earlier about sportsmanship and nope. the importance thereof. So, no, I'm not going to be intentionally harming somebody. Nope. So Wait I a minute! Can, you're saying I that you're more not favorably positioned myself. <laughs> Let me see. No, nope. you're saying you're not a good sport if you poison your opponent. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'll still shake his hand. <laughs> yeah, he's not an animal. <laughs> uh, let's think about that for a second. For those of you who watched the Jordan episodes last night. What kind of who sits there and thinks, oh, I have a great idea, fellas. We're getting our butts kicked. We're getting swept. Let's just walk off the court and ignore the winners. Look who to me, thinks that's a good idea? Looked to me like it was Bill Lambeer's idea. It actually. was, according to the documentary, yeah. Lambeer said, we're out of here. What? I, I mean, what, uh, who thinks that way? Well, I know, the punter at Northern Colorado. I think it might be just a little bit different. But, yeah, I don't think either was a good example of sportsmanship <laughs> to bring it full circle. Come on. <laughs> the Pistons didn't shake hands. The, the backup punter stabbed a guy. But, yeah, I mean, I could see, your, <laughs> I could see the thread there. <laughs> and how did he think he was going to get away with that? I don't know. I don't know, Gordon. The, the, you stab a punter in the leg? Yeah, it was and not think, fatal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but how did he think he was going to get away with it? You just stabbed me in the leg. <laughs> I think I know who you are. I think I know your jersey number. I think I know where you live. <laughs> I don't know. That's why that story has always stuck with me, Gordon, because it, it's so uh, unique. You know, this whole thing brings up the idea of... You know, when guys are interviewed, they talk about being a team player and wanting the best for the team and all that stuff. How often do you think a backup player, especially at the college level, pro level, don't know, but especially at the college level, they're buried on the bench and they want to play so very badly, but their team guys, yeah, rah, rah, rooting for that guy that's in front of them. They're keeping them off the field. How many of those guys really are spitting venom? How many of those guys are like coming up with hexes that they're uh, they're kind of trying Tons. to cast a spell on the starter? And how many parents of those players are doing the same thing? Now I I think of the the poor kid that's worked his way up and finally you know framed. Uh, the starting shortstop in front of them for something, and they, they finally get that starting nod, and then bam, COVID-19, and down goes the season. All that framing for nothing. I feel bad for that kid. 
I just wonder uh, how much how much of that is real. Now I know it is real, and it's the cases of conscientious people who who have their perspectives uh, straight. But uh, there's got to be some overzealous folks out there who who really want the starter to to to, to break a leg, really, so they can get out on that field. Mm. All right, here's uh, Dateline Greeley, Colorado, Gordon. All right. In a scenario reminiscent of Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan, the backup punter at Northern Colorado has been accused of stabbing his rival in the leg, his kicking leg. Mitch Kozad, a sophomore from Wheatland, Wyoming, allegedly attacked Rafael Mendoza in a parking lot this week. Mendoza was treated and released at a Greeley hospital, but wasn't clear when he would return. Kozad was arrested on a charge of second-degree assault and freed Wednesday on a $30,000 bond. Uh, let's see, uh, Mendoza Jr., blah, 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 told the Denver station he was recovering and wished his team luck in the game. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, so that's that's the story there, Gordon. So t- t- was he wearing a mask? I mean, uh, did, did he think that, the, that Mendoza wasn't going to recognize him? Uh, here's a, a quote from the uh, Lieutenant Gary Kessler of the police. Quote, I guess the only identified motive at this point in time is the competition for that position, unquote. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's uh, that is uh, three uh, freeway exits past uh, extreme. Let's see. Here's the coach uh, talking about the position battle said, quote, no different than starting quarterback or uh, starting right tackle. Everyone was held accountable to do the same level, unquote. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that's the exception to the rule. Uh, Most guys are just out there competing, not really, you know, sharpening their knives. If that's the case, what do you expect poor Mitch Kozad to do? The coach just said it. It's about performance on the field. Can't beat the guy out punting. Well, you know. Time to take evasive action. No, no, I don't think so. I I can't I can't uh, figure any scenario under which that would be appropriate. See, that's why well, I give go- us one. If not, then when? <laughs> this is why I go with uh, Gordon. Can't win, don't try. See, this backup punter, he couldn't win, but he kept trying. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he had really been uh, wanting to to get that job wouldn't he have like slashed his achilles or something wow hey there graphic gary do we really <laughs> need to be going down where this guy messed up you know if you really wanted to succeed like... here's the way i would have done it no no i i i think uh i i, I just uh, that, that's just a baffling story to me uh, when did that happen how many years ago was 2006 that? Yeah, it still stays with us. It certainly does. All right. I, I, is he, what happened to him? Is he okay? Is he punting like in the Canadian Football League or something? I have no clue. Uh, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And, Andrew, let's help our listeners out with a, a new treatment for ED that is, uh, you, you know, you talk about competition. You guys are taking care of your competition because you're doing it better. Yeah, that's right. When it comes to ED, it's all medication. It's all, uh, you know, symptom relievers at best, I should say. Uh, It's temporary fixes using the pill. We at Wasatch Medical have a treatment called acoustic wave therapy, particularly the technology that we use um, to treat ED by opening up the blood vessels. We've been, you know, 
saying how well this works over the years. And the biggest question we get, of course, is, well, does it really work? Does it really work? Um, and I, I've shared some of these clinical studies that are on the science page at wasatchmedicalclinic.com. One here that um, tested 600 men. I assume they're of different ages and different severity levels of ED, uh, but concluded that this technology is a revolutionary treatment of ED and possesses unprecedented qualities that can rehabilitate erectile tissue. And it goes on from there. That's one of many uh, shows that the science is sound. We can restore the normal and natural function in the bedroom. And that's just a game changer. Get back to normal. And uh, the results, as you're saying, are incredible. Yeah, they really are. I mean, we've had 20- and 30-year-old guys that just kind of want to top off their drink, so to speak. They want to improve. And then guys in their 70s, 80s, and 90s who have severe ED, maybe uh, no function in the bedroom for years, both can do well. The doctor will analyze you prior, but both can do well and get back to normal function. All right, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, and there's no risk. Just come in and find out if it's going to work, right? There is no risk. We spend a lot of money doing uh, consultations, exams, and kind of diagnosing the problem with a doctor. Uh, Call us. We'll do all of that for free. We'll do a blood flow ultrasound. This is really cool. Um, You'll be able to hear your blood flow. We'll also give you a special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. I hate to say anything's guaranteed, but I've never seen it fail. Guys love it. All of that is free to those that call us now. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks, guys. That's Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000. A Mountain America market update coming up next. Chris Mannix, top of the 4 o'clock hour, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for another Mountain America market update. Let's get out to The Zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's our friend James Bogenreef back on The Big Show. Hi, James. How are you today? Good. How are you doing today? Hey, we're doing great, and uh, I, I hear the market did pretty well today. It did. Uh, for the last month or so, it has. The market rally that started on March 24th, Continue today with the Dow closing up 358 points, or 1.5%. The S&P was about the same, 41 points up and 1.47%. The market's been looking forward in hopes that the economy will reopen later this week. So if, if things do open up a little bit, are you expecting this trend to continue? Are you, are you optimistic that this is going to happen, or is it too early to tell? We are cautiously optimistic, but I think, Gordon, it is a little too early to tell. So there's, any, a lot of, there's a lot of good and bad news out there. Uh, so, yeah. So, any tips, James, as we kind of look forward? Set specific savings goals for where you want to be in six months, a year, three, five, ten years down the road. And by taking the time to look ahead and plan the construction of your own retirement, 
you'll be able to use tax changes and market changes and other variables as an advantage in growing your money. Well, Jay, and then uh, one thing to point out this week, keep an eye out as first quarter earnings uh, for the first quarter of this year will be coming out here shortly. It'll be interesting to see how these companies have fared the first quarter of the year. Well, James, thanks for jumping on with us. We appreciate the heads up. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. That's our friend James Bogenry from Mountain America Investment Services. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. There you go. So some good news today, Gordon. So, Jake, are, are you one of those guys who's going to retire at 52? Mm, let me guess. No, no, I'm not going to be. I just wondered if you had uh, stored up some mountainous savings or investments that uh, you're going to be uh, like floating on a raft in a pool in your backyard uh, and uh, sipping on the drink of your uh, choice. Negative, buddy. You're you're stuck with me for a while. You're gonna be you're gonna be swinging that pick in the salt mine uh, thirty years from now. Uh, no, no. I think they harvest salt from the lake, right? Do they? Not table salt, is it? No, I don't think so. I think it's more like uh, road salt, that huh. sort of stuff. It's water softener <laughs> salt. Yeah, but I don't think it's a mine out there. I think they're, you know. Some kind of pump. Right. And, uh, and So, Austin, if you could retire sheet. at any age, what age would you pick? Yesterday. Really? I, I don't believe that. You yep. love what you do. I do. I absolutely love what I do. You know what I love more? Not. <laughs> while still being rich. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I would, I would, and by the way, I would, I would continue to work because why not? But then if it, if it dried up or went away, hey, I'm golfing with uh, Michael Jordan and Steve Cleveland. <laughs> Making Benjamins off those yeah. people. I uh, wonder how good you could get, Austin, if you played golf every day. I would get worse. Because I would pick up some other vices along the way. If I had no more rules? Oh, yeah, all sorts of vices along the way. You better believe it. Maybe that would help me get better, actually. I agree. (laughs) Might loosen you up a little bit. (laughs) Right. All right, we'll get to Chris Mannix coming up right around the corner. Don't forget Adam Keefe at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Not Sports Report at 4.50. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.